our heads, Father. Lord, we pause for a moment in this time, Lord, to give thanks. We bless you, Lord, that you would come and take on humanity, Father. You would be wrapped in a little cell, Lord, a blood cell, and be placed into a virgin womb, and come as a little child, and go through the growth, Lord, of the young child and teenage. Lord, experience it all, Father, to know what we go through and what we deal with. To understand, Lord, what it's to be a human, Lord, and have human thoughts and human thinking and, Lord, human feelings and things, Lord. God, how merciful you are, Father. What a great God you are, Lord, that, Lord, you would wrap yourself in this human flesh, Lord, to reveal eternal life. God, we just want to thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for coming, Lord. And, moving Lord in the realms of as only you can move Lord breaking chains as only you could break them Lord healing as only you could heal Lord delivering as only you could deliver Father what a great God you are we praise you and thank you for all these things in Jesus name Amen you can turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 1 <clears throat> Amen actually to be a little different this evening. We're going to read a few verses and I'll let you be seated. And then I have several brothers that's going to help me read the whole chapter of Luke, for the first chapter and part of the second chapter. So we'll just have a Christmas reading together. Amen. I'd like to speak to you tonight on the greatest gift. The greatest gift. Luke chapter 1 and verse 1 For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order, a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having a, had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the, with certainty of those things which are therein thou hast been instructed. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Amen. We'll let you be seated. And they were both righteous before God walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just." to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. 
And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after, and after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on to take away my approach among men. And in the sixth month of the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, and the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Judah forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come unto thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee, and therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste, into a city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath holpen his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias, after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him be called. And he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God. And fear came on all that dwelt round about them. And all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, 
Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from, our high, from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet unto the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the desert till the day of his showing unto Israel. And it came to pass in those days, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary, and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as, as it was told them. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him unto the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, <clears throat> waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the, the parents brought, this, or brought, in this, or brought in Jesus, child Jesus, to do him after the custom of the law, then took he him in his arms and he blessed God and said, Now, let us thou servant depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. 
And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through his own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, a daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asser, and she was great. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow in about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayer night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all these things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city of Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. Amen. What a gift to the earth. It's more than just a story, but it's a reality. You know, we pause for a moment this time of year to remember there is a reason for this season. It's more than just a gift or a tree or a light somewhere. But, you know, obviously, you know, we understand that uh, today was not the day that he was, or this Christmas, the 25th, was not the day that he was born. But it was a day, a day that should be set aside, as we heard Sunday, to remember when a child was born. And this child, when it was born, would change the world forever. Amen. You know, it's amazing that one little child be born in songs after song after song be written after him. And, and it's amazing, you know, the time that we live in and this world that we live in and, and especially in this season. You know, it always seems like as evil as this world is around this time, it's a little brighter. You know, people loves a little more and cares more for the fellow man. And, you know, all oh, why? Because a baby was born. And of course, it was not just another baby, but it was God wrapped in human flesh and love came to earth. And not only did that love come to earth, it was love. It was a love that came looking for me and it came looking for you. You know, as we would read, Brother Brandon would say Christ was God's love gift to the world. Amen. How many believes that? The greatest gift that God ever could give was his only begotten son. That was God's greatest gift. And it would say there in John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. In 1 John three sixteen, I thought it was very interesting. Three sixteen, and again, hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You know, he had the power. He was God. He had the power that he could have compelled come into the world as a as however he wanted to he could have compelled people to bow down he could have compelled people to believe him by his power he had that kind of power but that's not what he wanted that's not what he chose amen i thought it was very interesting that zacharias would see the angel and and he would uh you know see all the things there went on as we read in our scripture but yet he would come to this question and many of it many translations translate it like this how do you expect me to believe this this was how what he was asking how do you expect me to believe what you have said what what kind of sign can i have amen but see god did wasn't just he, he didn't want to force somebody to believe he wanted somebody to have a heart to believe and so he could have forced, he could have made, but that's not his way, amen. He could have filled the world with lightnings and thunders and chariots, amen, to announce a new king's arrival, but he didn't. He could have assembled the richest and the greatest and the most powerful people upon the earth to witness the arrival of a new king, amen, but he didn't. He could have, he could have forced himself, but he didn't. God never wanted to force himself on anyone. That's just not the way he does things. He could have, but he chose a poor girl from a poor village to give birth to the king of kings. Amen. Instead of a palace, he chose a stable. 
Amen. Instead of uh, the greatest assembly of the riches and the most powerful, he would bring the shepherds. He would bring the common people. He would bring the common laborers of that day. And they were chosen to be the first witness of the birth of a king. When God came to the earth, he came to the least. He came to the last. He came to the lowest. And he came to the lost. Amen. These people witnessed the birth of a king who never owned a home. He never held a political office. He never made a grab for power. It was a simple man from a poor mother from a small town, but still considered a great person of interest 2,000 years later. Amen. What a paradox this is. Amen. Why was it? Not because he forced himself on people to choose him, but it was because for centuries, men and women had been seeking after God. And they found him in this little man or in this baby. Amen. What's remarkable is that while they had been seeking God, God had actually been looking for them. So that's what happened 2,000 years ago was God came down, love came down looking for a people. He came in the form of man and showed the whole world what God's love was really like. Amen. On that first Christmas, God's perfect gift was love. Now, if you want to get aggravated at me for calling him the first Christmas gift, get aggravated at the prophet because that's what he called it. He says, now, if you take the love out of Christmas, where will you put it? What will you do with it? What will you do with him if you remove? What will you do with him or with love if you remove it from this season? What fills people's hearts? Amen. Usually starts to show up everywhere. Amen. Well, you know, because what's in your heart, that's what you do. Amen. So that's why you see evergreens. That's why you see lights. That's why you see stars. That's why you see nativity scenes. That's why you see because it reminds people of the love that came looking for them so long ago hallelujah I'm so glad his love came looking for a people I'm so glad his love came looking for me amen aren't you glad about that he could have left you out there but love began to come and look after you in the darkest of places in the dark and it chose the the poorest of humanity and, and the weakest of humanity and it began to move upon that person you know, we could see it like this. You know, as it must have been, a, uh, as we break into this for a moment, it must have been a little after dark and the sun was going down and the stars had no doubt been out for a little while. The light was gone now for two hours or so. And, and you could see this little donkey placing one little tired foot in front of another, going up the back side of a hill west of Bethlehem. And he was watching to be very cautious of his little hooves where he had placed them. Because he happened to be sitting on him with some precious cargo. And Joseph was leading this little donkey gently along. And as this little trio started up the hill and been traveling all day coming from Nazareth. And here Mary was sitting upon this donkey expecting to be a mother at any time. Way past due maybe. But all things are foreordained of God. Things, all things work together for the good that love him. It was ordained of God that there would be a, a, a heartless king on the throne, a bloodthirsty Herod. Amen. It was ordained of God. God knew about it. And he put him there for a reason. And he placed him there in that place of power. Now, Herod might have thought he'd done that, but God done that. Amen. God knew about the taxes. He knew about the brutal government that had no thoughts of mercy on a poor mother or, or, or upon the, uh, anybody that was crippled or anything like that. They, he knew about all that was going on. He did it for a reason. And he's bringing this little baby to a certain place because there's been prophesied that he's going to be born in Bethlehem. And God's prophecy works together. Amen. He, may, he allows kings to rise. He brings them down. He brings them up. He allows governments to come up. He brings them down. Whatever. What is it? What's going on? God's allowing it to happen for his prophecy to be fulfilled. 
So we see the time that we live in. Amen. God's allowed governments to rise. He's allowed certain presidents to be on the scene. He's allowed certain things. It's because it's working according to his prophecy. Amen. So he commanded that they should come, amen, to this place called Bethlehem. And, you know, we can see as they stopped there for a moment on top of the hill and kind of to stretch their legs for a moment. And they take Mary, he says, Joseph tells Mary, why don't you get off the, uh, off the mule or, or the donkey for a minute? And he eases her off as he would try to be very careful. And they're looking out as they just come over that last hill and they're looking at Bethlehem. And he's looking down there and he sees the bustling of the city. It's swelled to many times its size because of all the other people coming in. And, and they're being, you know, for the taxation and, and the sick and the needy and the bedridden and the leopard and the cancer and the lame and the blind. All had to come because of a government's order. And Herod had been behind it, and he's, he's placed it to this part. And this little party stops for a moment and, to catch their breath. And he sets Mary down on a rock. He said, I can see Joseph pick up her tender, uh, tenderly in his arms and help her off the mule. And, and, and he just puts her down and sets her on a nice, comfortable place as he could find it. And they're watching as these people are in and out in the streets and, and the crowd and the torches running, the yells and, and people laying there in the yards and the courtyards and outside the city gate. Must have been some sight. Joseph must have said, you know, Mary, dear, just think just beyond as they're looking at this, can, this, this picture and just beyond right over there was Ruth the Moab, Moabite had gleaned yonder in the fields of Boaz. Right over there is where David with a slingshot took a lion and he took a bear. And right over there is where Joshua with his gleaming sword, that fearless warrior of our people, divided the lands. And, and he's just explaining all that taken place in that area. And here they are. He turns around and he looks at her. And he looks at her pretty face as this turned towards the skies. And he didn't say anymore because in her eyes there was a reflection. And there was a star looking back at him through her eyes. He knew she was looking at something. And she looks at him and says, Joseph, have you noticed that star hanging there? And he kind of turned in a surprise and said, you know, I haven't noticed it before, dear. She said, well, it's been following us ever since the sun went down. And I've watched it. It must be something to it because I have a most wonderful feeling. Brother Branham interjects right here. He says, you know, God does things like that for his people. He shows us a light or he shows us something just so we know he's near. Hallelujah. This is what he's done in our generation. He showed us something. He's given us a message, a great shining light that is shouting out, the king is here. Just so we know he's near and he's on the scene. And no matter what the world has to say or governments has to say, he's still here and everything will be all right. Oh, let's just rejoice in this Christmas season. Amen. The world's looking at another variant. And they're looking at this and they're looking at that. And they're watching governments fall off the map. But we know we've seen his star. Amen. We've seen the message. The message has been heralded. And he's here among us. And everything's going to be all right. Joseph might have said something, Mary, like this. Mary, you know what? You know, it's kind of funny. This is very, it's a paradox, Mary. I, we've been under this mandate by the Roman government, but you know, I've never been so happy in my life. I don't know why. Just looking at this city again and where we roamed as boys and girls and back in our teenage and school years. I mean, I got an, I, there's an excitement about me. There's something that's taking place. You know, and at that moment, way over in the east, somewhere many miles, hundreds of miles away, maybe a thousand miles away, some magis was already on their road. 
they had seen his star. And they were coming to worship God's little gift package he was sending to the world. Just a little while from then, and the whole world was going to receive its greatest gift it's ever received. This little package wrapped up for the first Christmas package that was ever wrapped in all the world, God wrapped it up. God wrapped it up. The greatest thing that was ever wrapped in human flesh was wrapped in it. God wrapped himself in a Christmas package and sent it down to the world. What a gift that God would come in humanity and wrap himself. And to think, he came in such a way A few shepherds saw it, a few magis, but the majority of the world refused it. Why couldn't they see it? Why did they turn it down? Why is it they don't want it? You know, some people get so caught up, as Brother Brandon would go through many times, and talking about the tinsel and the wrapping paper, and we'll speak a little bit about that. But you know, to me, I, some people get all caught up and it's got to be wrapped up just perfect. Yeah. Every corner's got to be creased and they got to me- measure out just exactly right. That's for you OCD people. That's not for me. Because by the time I get it unwrapped, it's not going to look nothing like that. I'm tear right into it because I don't want the wrapping paper. I want what's inside. Amen. See, many times they they would look at this wrapping paper and it'd be wrapped in a little frame so tall and hair down to his shoulders and looked like just any ordinary wrapping. Looked like it was nothing. But inside of it was eternal life. That's what you want. Amen. That's what we're after. We're not after what's on the outside. And that was great. And that was wonderful. And, And I'm glad it came. But what I want is what's on the inside. But here they came in the place, it wasn't, you know, because it wasn't handed to them in the custom they were used to gifts being handed. You know, that's the reason it's rejected even tonight is because it's not handed to people in the custom they've been used to receiving gifts. But God wrapped his own package and he's got a right to do it how he wants to do it. Just like you do. If you want to take time and make them all just pretty and Zach and right, that's great. That's wonderful. Amen. But if somebody wants to just wrap it in a Walmart sack, that's great. That's wonderful. It's not important what the wrapping is. What's important is what's on the inside. And by the way, Brother Tim talked about, you know, carrying on the tradition of Brother Branham and giving a gift to him every year. It'd be all right to start that here. Don't forget. Amen. (laughs) The assistant pastor. Brother Neville. <laughs> Thought I'd throw that in there right quick. <laughs> Meant to do that at the beginning. I'm short-circuiting every once in a while myself. Amen. But see, it was rejected because it wasn't given the way they expected it. You know, they thought, well, surely if the king of kings is coming, he's going to have an angel salute. Red carpet's going to come out of heaven. It's going to roll right down into the high priest right there to the inner courts or right into the holy of holies and say, here I am. But that wasn't the way he came. Amen. Uh, you know, it wasn't the way they expected it. It came as a, as a baby crying in a dirty manger. They was expecting something, you know, different. They was expecting chariots. They, they were expecting maybe an angel escort or, or, you know, something to happen like that. But he said, I, he said I'm going to give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive. And you shall bear, and she shall bear a child, a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. That's the sign you shall receive. That's the gift I'm going to give you. But it still didn't come the way they expected it. Although it was written in prophecy. Another thing that didn't come the way they expected. Because it came by some poor people. 
Mary, you know, and maybe somehow come up with this story. She met an angel. We know what happened. Well, I mean, they, they told it. They told it to Jesus later. He said, you know, we're of our father. We're not. A, they basically told him we're not illegitimate. We're not born of fornication. The Pharisees to Jesus, because what was they referring back? Back to his birth. Amen. So they was trying to disqualify him, but they didn't realize what had happened. They couldn't understand that God would come off the paper in the flesh. Amen. See, that's the gift he wants. He wants to put his life in the flesh. Not just be a bunch of paper or, or a bunch of tapes on the wall or, or a bunch of quotes on your computer. He wants to put the gift in flesh. That's the greatest gift. The greatest gift, amen, is not just a bunch of paper. This is a wonderful gift, but it's not the greatest gift. It's a bunch of words. If it ain't got the life to back it up. The greatest gift is the life. He said, you know, it's like this. He said, when this great gift would come to a church, the Holy Spirit, it falls on people. But they, they don't want to humble themselves. They want the Holy Spirit with class. They don't want it the way God sends it. Many people want to receive the Holy Ghost, but they don't want to get it the way they want to get it the way they want to get it. He said, I'm glad you can't do it that way. You have to go the way God sends it and humble yourself. So it wasn't wrapped in fine linens. It was wrapped in a swaddling cloth. It was wrapped with stuff off the back of an ox that would put around their necks to keep it from galling their skin. And the ox would, the yoke would lay upon it and they're sweaty and it's nasty. And this is what he wrapped himself in. Amen. Think of it. Emmanuel, the creator of heavens and earth, wrapped in rags. What a super sign. Little Jehovah crying like a baby. God made flesh in a package. The God who covers all space, all time, before there was ever a world or a star or a molecule, wrapped himself in a little package and was laid in a manger, amen, in a stable where the manure, the cattle, the sheep and straw and hay, and Jehovah was laying there crying like a baby. They wanted an angel escort, and he came. God's greatest gift. Why? You think the rich would want something to do with that? It would pollute them to walk in that stable and kneel down and worship that. They couldn't do it. Brought by a little peasant girl, considered a fanatic because of her story. By a carpenter who probably didn't even know how to read and write. Maybe didn't even hardly know his ABCs. You think that would be something that could give pleasure to the rich and to the high-minded and the denominational of their day? No, they turned it down flat. But not only in that day, they do it in this day as well. They want a creed. They want a dogma. They want something wrapped in the tinsel of religion. But they don't want the life. They don't want the life that comes with it. That's the reason why today they don't want the gift of God. United States, they don't want the gift of God. They don't want that life. They want a Santa Claus. They want shiny things. They want, they want real bright colors of this and that. But they don't truly want the life of Christ. He says he was rejected on that first Christmas. And he's just as rejected today on this Christmas. Because it disagrees with what they've been taught. It disagrees with how they think they ought to act. It disagrees with everything of religion. He says, no wonder there's no room for him in the end. It wasn't wrapped right. It wasn't wrapped in the classical paper. 
It was wrapped as a gift, a gift from God, sent from God. A God that they didn't know nothing about, although they claimed they did. And they claimed they was looking for him, but he came in a way that they thought he was coming a, a, a different way from what they thought. He was coming not according to their creeds. And they could not receive God's gift because he was wrapped up like a baby born in a manger, come from poor people, from a bunch of fanatics, and they could not receive them, and neither will they receive it today. There's no room. Listen to this. He said, there's no room for him. In the end, there's no room in our religious circles today for a Holy Ghost meeting. They don't want it. It belittles them in the sight of the classes of, of their people. It belittles them to think, listen to this, it belittles them to think that they would humble themselves to come down to an altar and cry and tarry there until they're filled with power from on high and to rise up with newness of life. But they don't want to sacrifice for that gift. The greatest gift. Uh, you know, it is very important. You know, people think of an altar as a place of just repentance or a place, you know, because you're backslidden. You need to come. No, it's a, an altar is a place of worship. It's a place of getting, making the commun- a communion between you and God and talking things out. That's why you don't look down on a preacher who kneels at an altar. A deacon, a trustee, a song leader, anybody, old elder, an elder, a young person. Amen. It may not be that they got sins in their life. They may just want to talk to God for a moment. But listen, the key is don't stay there till you feel something. Stay there till you got something. Stay there until you know that answer has been given to you and you receive his gift. He says, why? Why won't they receive this life? He said, because they receive the life. It'll make women let their hair grow out. It'll make women act like they ought to. It'll make men throw away their cigarettes and their smoking and their drinking and treat their wives and families right. But it's too much for them. They hold on to a creed of the church instead of receiving God's gift, God's Christmas gift, the greatest gift. They'd rather have a creed than they would a gift. The gift. They'd rather have a paper than the gift. They want a paper, something that's all tinsel. A lot of fuss. A lot of not, but nothing to do about it. But the real gift that's on the inside, they don't want it. He was wrapped in a dirty cloth, a swaddling cloth. He was wrapped today in the same thing, what they call holy rollers and fanaticism and a bunch of heretics. It was wrapped in that same cloth. He said, but I'm glad, so glad to raise that cloth off and look and see what's laying underneath. Eternal life. God made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. Brother Brandon would tell the story. You can go read it. It's a very, very interesting story. Brother Wayne Lawson brought it to my attention. My memory again. He would, t- he would tell in another Christmas story and God's gifts find their place. About a man and a woman that was really poor and they was living in New York City. I, I'm, I'm assuming it was during the Great uh, Depression. And they had a little girl and they couldn't hardly, she wanted a baby doll for Christmas. She desired a baby doll. And so the father was doing everything he could to get her this baby doll. And, and his wife had tuberculosis and in the middle of all this she ended up passing away. And, and he's got this little girl and... He's still working and trying to, trying to get some money together, scratching everything he could to go buy her this little baby doll. And she, the little girl catches pneumonia and dies. The, boy, the man runs to his house in his grief and he grabs a little tin where he saved up money and he got it all out. He ran into the streets and he began to weep and cry and look for a baby doll. And he finally finds one that he could afford. A little raggedy, little nothing seemed like, but it was something he could buy for her. And even though she was dead, he still had it in him. He said, Brother Branham said he kind of lost his mind, so to speak. And he, he just, he just gets, buys the doll and he carries it around with him down to the streets, trying to give this baby doll to his little girl. 
Come Christmas night and the parties are going on and things are taking place and, and, and the lights are flashing and music's popping and, and he's walking down crying, trying to give this little baby doll to his little daughter. The police stops him and says, what are you doing? He said, man, you need to go home. Where do you, where you live? And he said, well, I live in such and such. He said, you're headed the wrong direction. Turn around and go back before you die in this cold. And he said, I, I got to get this baby doll to my little girl. And he just turns and he walks away. And the next morning, they find the man in the alley dead. With that little baby doll put to his heart. Brother Branham picks it up and he says, you know what? The man had to die to give his love, his girl, that baby doll. He said, I expect he gave it to her in another world. And he begins to talk about, he said, how much Christ came down that love gift. And he wanted to give something to somebody. He wanted to give healing. He wanted to give deliverances. He wanted to fulfill his promise and his word. He wanted to do all this. But how could he do it? He had to die. He had to lay himself on a cross and, and be crucified so out of him to his, to his little girl could come love and, and peace and happiness and joy and healings and deliverances. He had to die to fulfill his promise to you. That's the greatest gift a man could ever give is to lay down his life. And he did it for you and for me. He had to die to fulfill his promises. Listen, this is the greatest thing a man could ever find was Jesus Christ. If you ain't found him tonight, it's the greatest thing you could ever find. It's greater than the biggest gold nugget. Because he is the biggest gold you could ever find. It's greater than the biggest diamond because he is the biggest diamond you could ever find. Amen. He's the greatest gold. He's the most expensive diamond. He's the greatest carotid diamond that was ever brought out of the dust of the earth. The greatest gold that was ever brought out of the dust of the earth. He's a jewel. He's the jewel of heaven. But he had to be crushed. He had to be beaten. He had to be whipped. And the Bible would say he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. That the chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. He had to die so you could receive that healing. Did he die? Then receive your healing. Did he die? Then receive your joy. Did he die? Then receive your deliverance. Did he die? Then receive your peace. He did it to give it to you. He was wounded and bruised and chopped and cut. He was pierced in his side. Blood running out of his back from the strips. So the stripes, he was beaten out. His beard was pulled off. His feet driven with a nail. But he embraced the cross. Think about this. He embraced the cross instead of a soft feathered pillow. Instead of a little pink gown, he wore swaddling cloth. Do we see what depths of love? Writers have tried to write it. They've tried to express it. We sing the song, if we with ink the ocean fill, and where the skies of parchment made, every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, or could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky? Think of it. Stalks. Made into quills, billions of men's, men scribes would write five little letters or four little letters, L-O-V-E. It would drain the ocean dry. This is the love he has for you tonight. And the scroll, this canvas of the skies couldn't contain it all. 
the love of God, how God unfolded himself and became a Christmas package, laid on straw. The first thing he would lay his head on was a little bit of straw and a dirty piece of swaddling cloth. The last thing that would be on his head, a crown of thorns and a dirty rag to wipe his eyes. And he'd be hit in the head saying, if you're a prophet, tell us who hit you. Then he'd be nailed to a cross. Love, love reached out to you. Love reached out to me. When his own children were crying for his blood, he screamed, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they do. He gave the greatest gift himself. But I know how it is. Even in this Christmas season, we feel really odd if somebody gives us a gift and we don't have something to give back. So what can you give back? You. He gave you him. He wants from you, you. That's the greatest gift you can give him. Oh, you, oh I got dedicated my home, Brother Timothy. I, my house he, he gave me and my cars and my job. God wants you. He wants us in this Christmas season. He's looking for more human flesh. Listen to this, brother, as we bring this on down. Brother Brandon, when Serge, we would see Jesus. He said, see these little ladies and young men, just teenage, standing here around this altar, kneeling down. In this great, reckless time we're living in. What a thing to see them come weeping. You just don't know how that pleases the Holy Spirit. He said, let's bow our heads a moment in prayer. He said, to you that's coming here, I want to quote some scripture to you, your little ladies, your, young, your elderly people all together. You know what you are tonight? You're God's love gift to Christ. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father draws him first and all the Father has given me will come. Think what you're doing tonight. You have passed by coming on this to accept Christ. You've passed from death to life. Wow, what an exchange of gifts. You've passed from death to life. If you trust me to be God's servant, you believe me to be a servant. What's just happened? I'm going to quote scripture to you. What Jesus said, he that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall never come to judgment, but has done pass from death to life. Think of that. Think of that. Jesus said that. And just look, just think of these little ladies in the city tonight. Think of these young men and these elderly men in the city, middle-aged men and women tonight that doesn't have the opportunity you have. God has sent you here and manifested himself before you, with you. And you with a broken heart come to this altar. What are you doing? You're God, almighty God's love gift. He chose you. And he gave himself for you that he might take you to himself. What an exchange. God's gift package. Wrapped up in the form today of the Holy Ghost has been extended to us. It's been brought to you. Now it's your turn to exchange your gift. What gift will you give him? Let's bow our heads. What do you have for him in this Christmas season? Well, Brother Timothy, I've been really busy. Busy doing what? Don't you accept his love gift? It's free.
You don't have to put a dollar in the offering plate. The only exchange is you. Are you willing to lay down your life as he laid down his for you? In this Christmas time, what gift do you have under the tree? Don't you see what gift he had under his tree? He had the blood, the water, and the spirit. Those elements that make up life are now looking for another wrapping, another place to be wrapped in humanity. He had to die to give you your gift. Will you die to give him yours? What if we just ask tonight, Lord, I want to, by hands, not to me, but to the Lord. Lord, I want to give my life as a gift to you. As a gift. Yes. I want to give it to you, Lord. In this time, Lord, may this be the real Christmas gift. My life given to you. Lord Jesus, see hands all over this building. Lord, my hands are up. I want to give my life back to you, Lord. Whatever it takes, Father. For your your life to be wrapped in this flesh. God, may we look past what we do on Sundays and Wednesdays as just a wrapping or tinsel of religion. But may we look deep inside, Lord. It's eternal life. It's a gift. May we never take these gifts for granted, Father. May we never take for granted the greatest gift that was ever given to this earth, your life, that was spilled in blood and spirit and water spilled out upon that earth. And those three things begin to search for another body to live in. God, may there be bodies tonight found here that it pleases the Father to live in. That greatest gift can come and be wrapped in human flesh again, Lord, in this Christmas season. Lord, touch each hand and each heart. So we just take this moment to surrender our love gift to you. May tonight be the greatest exchange of gifts, Lord. Your life for ours. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, if you want to surrender all, feel free. The altars are always open. Here you to talk it over with him. Oh, uh-huh.
to talk it over. Hallelujah. Humbly at his feet I bow. World. What an exchange. Life for death. Death for life. Oh, my, my, my. 